Today's episode is sponsored by the American Chemistry Council. Chemistry creates, America competes. Um, you know when you're going to the airport and uh, you get there and you're like a little bit late, but you decide you have time to maybe stop at Starbucks for a tasty drink. One caramel macchiato with extra whipped cream, that's $4.45. Maybe go to McDonald's and get some chicken nuggies. All right, sir, 20 chicken nuggets coming right up. And then you get to, uh, you know, the line to get into security. You wait there for a while. You're kind of looking at your watch, thinking you might be a little late. Finally, you get to the end of the line, and all of a sudden, you realize, I forgot my ID. (laughs) That sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) It is a nightmare, right? (laughs) Yeah, there's so many things now to travel that, you know, it's so much harder not to forget something important. Yeah, no, the, the idea of a, of a vaccine passport is, is scary for me because I know I'm going to do exactly that, uh, leave it at home and miss my flight. Exactly. <laughs> I'm Jeremy Siegel. This is Politico Dispatch. And today... I am Carmen Pond. I'm a global hair reporter here at Politico, and I write Global Pulse, which is a weekly newsletter on global health that comes out every Thursday morning. Carmen Pond on vaccine passports. Who's doing them? Who's not? Why they're a good idea and why they could be bad. What exactly is a vaccine passport or or what would it be if it were a thing? It really depends um, what place you're looking at. Um, There are now debates in in Europe and I've seen in, in Canada and I think China already went ahead and and started implementing something about vaccine passports that would pretty much allow you to travel internationally if you're fully vaccinated. Mm -hmm. Obviously, Europe um, is looking at summer. You know, there are many countries there that um, have lost a lot of money on tourism because of the pandemic. So now they're probably looking to make sure that that doesn't happen again this summer and and that this vaccine's passport would be a way to allow people to travel safely. Um, But it does pose a lot of questions because, you know, in countries, but also between Rich and poor countries, for example, there's very uneven access to vaccines, to say the least. Uh, Many countries in Africa and in some parts of Asia and Latin America only for the past two weeks have started getting their first doses of vaccine. And it's going to take a while for them to sort of like reach a critical mass of vaccinated people. Um, So the main question is whether this is going to further inequities between the rich and the poor countries that we've seen so far in the pandemic um, early on when it came to access to personal protective equipment and now when it comes to access to vaccines and, you know, if vaccine passports are implemented, being able to to travel internationally and, you know, revive your economy. Mm. I want to get into the pros and cons of this with you. But before uh, we do that, just want to make sure I have it straight. So China has already implemented something like this? Yes. Now, as many countries hope to reopen their borders to international visitors thanks to the massive international COVID-19 vaccination campaign, 
China has launched a digital vaccination certificate, which officials say will promote safe and orderly travel. So what China has done, they've become the, one of the first countries in the world to issue an official certificate showing proof of vaccination and and test results. Mm -hmm. And they're hoping that will allow their people to travel both domestically and internationally. What we don't know yet is like, you know, what countries would accept that or what country would take that into consideration. Okay, got it. And then Europe, the European Union, is considering doing something like this. Yes. Europe is going to propose something on March 17. Um, they'll propose a bill about how this would work. Interesting. Do we know any specifics of like what that might be like? They are still figuring that out. Mm -hmm. The focus is really on you know, allowing people to to travel across borders. You know, Europe or the European Union specifically um, has been a place before the pandemic where you could easily just get on a flight and, and go to another country, you know, in, in the Schengen space without having your passport checked. Um, so now, obviously, you might have another type of passport check to be able to, to travel in between. Yeah, yeah. I'm remembering, like, um, I was in Europe a few years ago and took a train um, from Amsterdam to Paris. So it's like, and that's situation, I might have to show them a passport proving that I'm vaccinated to get from one country to another. Exactly. Yes. Is the U.S. considering doing anything like this? I've seen um, the press secretary being asked about it, and her answer was to summarize that for now they are focusing on vaccinating as many Americans as possible. Well, uh, we recognize that as many Americans get vaccinated, questions will come up, and they're already starting to come up as to how uh, people will be able to demonstrate they are vaccinated. I think it's important to remember only about 10% of the American population is vaccinated at this point. Uh, we've obviously made progress, but we have more work to do. And right now, our our focus as the U.S. government is on getting more people vaccinated. There have and been calls from airlines um, and other parts of the travel industry for the U.S. to start doing something on well, this? I think a vaccine passport is something that's been designated by the or an idea coming from the airlines. What I'm conveying is there are lots of ideas that will come from the private sector and nonprofits. We, we welcome those. But our focus from the federal government is on getting more people vaccinated. There obviously there's a lot of economic interest that comes with travel. We've seen the air travel traffic just plummet over the past year. And obviously airlines are you know, willing to get people back up flying and, and going places to be able to start recovering from this pandemic. So there is definitely pressure on the U.S. government to start considering this. But so far, we're not, at least officially, we're not seeing a favorable reaction to it yet. All right, let's talk about pros and cons here. What is the argument for having vaccine passports? So obviously, it would, you know, free up the people who have been vaccinated, in many cases, this might these might be people who, you know, were obviously at higher risk than anyone else to to catch the virus and develop a serious condition and, you know, even die. So it would free up to do some of the things that we now look at, like the old normal, being able to travel, being able to dine in a restaurant and just really, you know, restart some of the tourism activities that have lost so much over the last year because of the pandemic and, you know, give people back a bit of the normal that they were used to now that they are vaccinated. What is the argument against them? I mean, you mentioned the possibility of inequities. Is it sort of like a concern that you'd end up with sort of like an exclusive club of, of countries or people from certain countries who can travel and then other people who can't? 
Exactly. Yes, there are many places in the world where they have just only started vaccinating their healthcare workers. Mm -hmm. um, they they don't have yet vaccines for you know their um, most vulnerable population groups that are not you know directly working in a hospital. Um, so obviously, even if they would want to have something like that, they would not be able to to travel because they wouldn't have access to a vaccine even if they want it. The other big question is what exactly or who exactly the vaccine protects. So what we know for sure so far is that it protects people who are fully vaccinated from developing a severe case of COVID-19, getting hospitalized or in the worst case scenario, dying. Mm -hmm. um, while there are studies now um, trying to see if it actually prevents people who are fully vaccinated from passing on the virus to someone else. We do not know that for a fact. Um, so the question would be if a fully vaccinated person travels to a country where there are still many people that are not vaccinated at all, um, would they still transmit that virus to, to the people in that country and make it worse for people who have not been vaccinated there? Well, they are still protected. In which case it would, you know, it would further inequities about who gets to access a vaccine. Interesting. So you might have a situation where like tourists from wealthier countries are able to jet into a poorer country that hasn't vaccinated its whole population and they just might like bring the virus with them. Exactly. Yes. And I was I was speaking to to someone working in global health and she was saying that they would usually work in countries like Liberia. And she was saying that they're not sending now um people from their team who even who are fully vaccinated in Liberia because they are afraid of introducing the virus there in case they can still transmit it. Huh. That's fascinating. Um, to play devil's advocate a bit here, I guess, like, why not if it's going to potentially be years until the whole world is vaccinated? Why not implement something like this so that at least like some of the world can start moving back to normal, even if, you know, other places are behind? Like, why not have vaccine passports where, say, you can go to some countries where people are vaccinated so that you can let, you know, some countries that, that are ahead with vaccinations get back to some semblance of normalcy, even if it still could be years until the rest of the world is? That is a good question. And obviously, the world doesn't move all at the same time. What we've seen so far and what we know already is that this pandemic is going to have long lasting consequences, even when it's done, even when, you know, you don't have people getting sick anymore. Economic consequences, consequences on, you know, women and other people and minorities who have lost their jobs um, and, you know, just allowing some sort of like pockets of the world who, you know, were lucky enough to have access to a vaccine in their country or in their community, you know, might further those inequities that might take years to undo, if at all, because, you know, there are concerns that some countries in, in Africa or in Asia might not even be able to vaccinate a critical mass of their population until maybe late next year. So the question is, would they be locked out of the you know, of the global economy? Will their people be stuck at home while other people in richer countries that had access, you know, as of December of last year are able to travel and, and fully enjoy life? Carmen Pon, thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you for having me, Jeremy. Also today, 
President Biden is planning to sign his $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package tomorrow, after the House gave it final approval on Wednesday. The bill, which some Democrats say will become the most progressive law in generations, passed with zero Republican votes. It marks Biden's first major legislative achievement and aims to prevent millions of Americans from losing boosted unemployment benefits that are set to expire over the weekend. The sweeping plan gives billions of dollars to shore up vaccinations and help reopen schools. It also has a -a once-in-a-generation expansion of federal safety net programs, including a child tax benefit that amounts to a guaranteed income for families with children. And. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell is calling enhanced security measures currently restricting access to the U.S. Capitol an overreaction. The stronger security began in January after the violent insurrection by Trump supporters. Speaking to reporters on Wednesday, McConnell said, quote, We've overdone it, adding that he's uncomfortable with the fact that his constituents can't come to the Capitol. His remarks come a day after the Pentagon approved an extension to the Hill deployment of thousands of National Guard troops for two more months at the request of Capitol Police. Subscribe to Politico Dispatch wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to read more of Carmen Pons reporting on the coronavirus pandemic, Sign up for the Global Pulse newsletter at politico.com slash newsletters. I'm Jeremy Siegel. Thanks for listening.